Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. All right, hello. We um, are studying this week the very light topic of the fall of man. <laughs> <laughs> And let me just tell you, like when we have a tendency to, when we study things, there are many things in life that um, show themselves to be applicable during the study time. Um, I know I've heard like, I know I've heard preachers talk about um, how they're preparing for their message for the week. And then there's all these things that happen. And I'm like, man, we study stuff. Things get brought to light, right? (laughs) The fall of man. Be aware of all the sin. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of time the teachers go, God teaches this to us first. Oh, yeah. Before we have the privilege of teaching his word to someone else. Mm -hmm. That's why we always make Karen do the marriage one. (laughs) 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 She ended up with it all the time. (laughs) That is one reason that I have no desire to serve as a teacher. That is. That's hard. Yeah. And you know what? The Bible says... Think about it if you think yeah. you're going to be a teacher because teachers would be held more accountable. More accountable. Yeah. So it's a big responsibility. Yeah. yeah. That's why we're always praying that it's what the Lord wants us to say, His words, not to say anything He doesn't want us to say, but to say just what He wants us to say. So hopefully we're doing that. Yeah, that's a good point, Terry. We're like teachers in some ways. Uh, not in the the position of teacher in this the um, role I guess the um, what is the that? office the office there you go mm-hmm. but, but when we talk to other Christians we're teaching them about God and we need to know what we're doing that way yeah I'm hoping that we as podcasters well there's a lot of learning that goes on before we are on here teaching yeah, yeah that's, that's true. for sure. And please keep in mind that we are not the learned experts in many of the topics that we discuss, and that this is really us sitting and having a discussion around a topic. So um, please understand that we will be faulty and in error on occasion. So I don't know. I thought you had a master's in theology there, Suzanne. I don't know. <laughs> I do not. As a public declaration, I do not. You do not. <laughs> so, um, as we talk about the fall of man and continue on, um, Terry, you want to read our verses for today? Mm-hmm. Genesis 3, 6 through 13. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, 
I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And not my fault. It's his fault. Y'all, the blame game starts early. Wow. The worst, sure worst part of it is when Adam says to God, the woman you put here with me, it's your fault. You put her here. I was happy with my dog. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but blaming, always blaming someone else. And that's interesting because in my translation, this is the first part of verse six. The woman was convinced. Mm. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she was, whatever argument Satan made to her, she was convinced. That's right. I want to be like God. I want the knowledge of good and evil. So that's, I thought that was an interesting little difference. Yeah, I like that version. I thought that was pretty good. Mm. So let me ask this question. And this is a, like an honest question that I fully recognize I have the privilege of asking with hindsight because we can look back on this and I'm not in the minute of it. But she, God said to her, hey, there is this tree of life and there is this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They didn't know good and evil right? They didn't know what the difference was. They didn't know there was, and they were living this amazing life. Why in the world would you be like, hmm, I don't know what that is, but um, maybe that's what I should figure out what it is. And so I'm just going to have this little snack. Like, why, (laughs) why, why? And and that's kind of the thing I was talking about. It's like, how did that get in there? Even with Satan, how did that sin or that even considering other things. But then we also talk about this tree was placed in the garden so that we would have a choice and we would have free will. So there had to be some thinking about good or bad, I and, think. And I've, I've thought about, um, <clears throat> is this the first time the serpent has appeared? He's in the garden that God made. He's there already mm-hmm. to tempt her. Have they seen him around, slinking around, and wondered about him? Yeah. You know, um, everyone always says they ate the apple. I don't know. We don't know if it was an apple, but it was pleasing to look at and beautiful and looked luscious. And um, Maybe she had wandered by. I read some commentary that said that God gave Adam the command not to eat from the uh, tree. But then maybe Adam is the one who gave the command to Eve and told her about it as he was showing her around the garden, you know, that he was already familiar with. Um, And maybe he said, you know what, let's not even touch it. Let's just not go by it at all. And um, maybe that already, maybe she was already starting to think about it. Except she's quoted and she's saying, God said, don't eat from the garden from this tree, the one in middle in the middle of the garden, like she's talking like she's pretty clear that we're not supposed to eat from that. Mm-hmm. You know, 
There was one video that was recommended. It's a Ken Ham video. And he's talking about the, the scripture that says, you know, we're always given the choice. Today I put before you life and death. Choose mm-hmm. life. And so he kind of used an analogy that the tree of life was life, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was going to result in death. And so it's death. So God put that choice before them from the very beginning. Here's life. Here's death. You choose. And I really liked that um, analogy because all of life kind of boils down to that choice. Are we going to choose life or are we going to choose death? And it is our choice to make. God God is not going to force himself on anybody. He didn't in the very beginning and he never will. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, a, that's all on us. But it's interesting to me that when Eve chooses, Adam's standing right there with her. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, so he could have corrected or he could have said, no, blah, 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 Eve, God didn't say we couldn't touch it. Mm-hmm. But he's totally silent in this whole exchange with Eve and the, and the serpent. Or he could have said, let's get out of here. I don't like yeah. the serpent. Run. I mean, he didn't even need to <laughs> yeah. fight the fight. She didn't yeah. even need to fight the fight. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're saying things to me that don't line up. Out of here. Yeah. And then go tell on him. God, I, tell on people all the time to God. He'll help you with that. <laughs> right? It's like, I can't believe they said that to me. I can't believe it. it's like, God, you take care of it. You think God wouldn't have taken care of it? Yeah. He would have. He would have. Yeah. Do you think Adam was like sitting there just like observing the whole thing and waiting to see how it played out? Or do you think Adam was like, I mean, it says that he was with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think maybe he was like pruning or pulling some weeds? Maybe <laughs> I guess there wouldn't have been weeds yet. Um, but like pruning or picking some other fruit or something and wasn't really paying attention to like jump in and say like, Hey, knock it off. Like I heard directly from God's mouth. Don't do this. Or do you think he just was like, huh, let's see how this plays out. The scripture doesn't say either way. As far as I can tell. But it's in the middle of the garden. And I think we talked last time, um, not yesterday, but last week about how big is the garden? I'm thinking it's, you know, like acres and acres of a garden. I don't think it's a behind the garage garden like I have. And they so, probably had to use segues to get through that garden, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so, you know, why were they hanging around the middle of the garden during, you know, the middle of the day or whatever? Anyways, I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We won't know. And ultimately, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. How often are we, you know, there's, there are sins of omission, things that we do that are wrong. Then there are sins of, or that we, sins omission. of commission. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Thank you, Rosemary. Things that we do that we know that are wrong. And then sins of omission where we just don't do anything. Right. And so I kind of see this with Adam. He, it's still a choice. He's made a choice just not to do anything. Until she offers him the apple and then he actually chooses to eat it or whatever that fruit was. So it's kind of a combination of things for him. I mean, she's active in all of this. He's a little bit passive to begin with. And then he takes action and he eats. So I think it's just a warning for all of us. Um, 
be careful who you hang around with. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, you've got to be kind of on it all the time so that you're not yeah. lackadaisical or lazy or um, passive about the things of God. Wait, think about this. If any of us saw our partner, our spouse, going towards something that would kill them, I would take action. Mm-hmm. I should, and I might not yeah. be nice about it, but I would take action, mm-hmm. right? I go, are you crazy? What's going on with you? Like, we don't eat fruit from this tree, mm-hmm. you know, or something like yeah, that. Or, seriously. But yeah. if, if any of us had seen our partner engage, going to engage in something that would kill them, we'd say something about it. Yeah. Like, that's why I wonder, was he like physically next to her? Because we know... It says um, she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. So was he like with her the whole entire time or was he like off somewhere doing something in the general vicinity and then sees what's going on and, you know, kind of steps in there? I don't know. Cause I just feel like, man, Adam, you, that's not a good husband. (laughs) (laughs) it just isn't he had choices all along the way the choice to engage early or not but then ultimately when she handed him the fruit to take it he could have at that point said what have you done we can't eat from this tree this isn't okay he could have done it right then and he didn't do it Mm -hmm. it's just our selfish nature right like this is where it comes to light like this is where we see that free will of like now, God, I got it. I and do it. We, mm-hmm. What happens then? Now their eyes are open. It's not good. No. It's not yeah. good. They are aware of their nakedness. And not only just, I don't think their physical nakedness, but they are aware that they have sinned against God. Yeah. And they are trying to hide. They're mm-hmm. doing everything they can to hide from God. And now they're hiding from each other. They had never had conflict. They had never had a reason to hide from each other. Now they're sewing up fig leaves to try and cover up themselves. And then at the same time, trying to cover up their sin so God won't see it. And and I think we do that too when we're guilty. We often just, just try to cover it up because we don't want anyone to know. Mm-hmm. We're, we're ashamed. We're ashamed. That's what they were. They were ashamed. Mm-hmm. And tried to hide. And, and that's, again, where I'm saying there's that separation. Mm-hmm. Now you don't belong in this garden because this is where God is. And you have that separation from God. He doesn't go away. He's always there. That's not what I'm talking about. But we have that sense when we're disconnected from God, when we disconnect ourselves from God. We're acutely aware of that. Yeah, also, that God gives them, I'm sorry. No, yeah. go God gives them an, a chance. To come clean yes. and probably be forgiven and be brought back into relationship. He, so he's asking them, where are you? What did you do? How did, what happened? Right. If they had, but here they're blaming. You don't see repentance. No repentance. Right. Nope. You don't see them saying, oh, we, oh my, what did we do? We're so sorry. We've ruined our lives. Please help us. Take us back. Forgive us. There's no repentance. There's no sorrow over what they've done. There's just blaming others and hiding. Those those big old pointy fingers come right out, don't they? Yep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So there's going to be some penalties coming up. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, there will, which yeah. we'll jump into that tomorrow. <laughs> yep. well, I think yeah. it's interesting. Up to this point, they have been covered by God, you know, and so maybe they didn't even realize that, that he had been there covering. Now, all of a sudden, they've eaten from the knowledge of good and evil, and they, they realize that they don't have his cover anymore. He's not protecting them. He's not over them. They've stepped outside from underneath his covering. They've stepped away from it. Now they think, oh, my gosh, we got to get a covering. And so they go and they, they try and take care of themselves. They sew those fig leaves together, which I find really interesting that they even have some thought of how are we going to cover ourselves um, so that they'll have a covering again so that they won't have to. They think that that will take them back so they won't be ashamed, right? They right. cover themselves so they won't be ashamed. And yet that doesn't do it. Mm -mm. there's nothing they can do other than repent that's going to take care of that shame and they and they don't even think about that they just know they they need a covering again Mm -hmm. so i it's just crazy but i do see we're no different than they are you know how often do we sin and instead of going right to god um, and saying oh i can't believe i did that lord we sit in it for a while and we think, oh, if I'll just do this, you know, I'll just do that. Um, instead of going and just saying, you know, I really messed up here. I'm so sorry, Lord. And I want to make, I want us to be right again. I want us to be okay again. Um, because that's all it takes. You know, we don't have to do any penance. We don't have to pay for anything. Jesus has already paid the price for all of our sin. Um, but we have to turn from it. We have to come to him. Um, and ask for his help. But yeah, the only the only price that we have to pay is our own pride. Yeah, and it's sacrificing like, our own pride. It's like killing your old self. They had trouble with that too. Oh, the serpent did it. Oh, she, the woman you gave me, she made me do it. I mean, all that is pride. You know, I I didn't do anything wrong. They made me do it. Oh, how can you guys uh, like conversations are running through my head right now? And if I'm mad at somebody or something's going on and it's like, I get that clarity <laughs> where it's like, they did it. If they wouldn't have done this, then this wouldn't have happened. And it's like, I get so clear to the point where I'm in a big old pit. And it's like, the only way out is to ask God and to admit my sin, admit my, what my flesh keeps trying to do. Or I keep trying to do when I work in my flesh. Yeah. Um, I have spent sometimes years living with a victim's mentality. And that's, that's the same thing, blaming others. Um, blaming, Greg and I had a lot of really, really, really hard years. And so I was always blaming him. If I was a head attitude, I, everything was his fault. Everything was his fault. I took no responsibility. I mean, not no responsibility for any of my actions, but, you know, He's the one that made me this way. <laughs> oh, well, he's going to have to live with it. And yeah. That's the price he has to pay. Yeah. <laughs> he knew what he was oh. getting when he signed the papers, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it takes a lot of work to get out of that. And it's so easy to slip back in. But um, anyways, you get closer to the Lord. Hopefully you recognize that you're going there quicker and quicker and quicker and get out before 
you're sucked in again. So yeah. They, yeah. they definitely had that victim's mentality going. Yeah. yeah. One important thing that I, I just want to make sure we um, kind of hit, Adam blamed God. Mm-hmm. That's blasphemous. Like Eve blamed the serpent. <laughs> Adam went right at God. And um, there was the uh, scripture, James 1, 13 to 15, when tempted, no one should say, God's tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, okay, by his own evil desire, um, he's dragged away and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and then sin to full-grown death. When sin is full-grown, I should just read it, then try mm-hmm. to do it. And sin, and when it's full-grown, gives birth to death. So it's like that pattern of... Um, Tempted by evil, it's like your own evil desire, then it goes to sin, then it goes to death. There's a pattern. And when you throw that stuff at God, God is a forgiving good God, but whoa, what are you playing with? Mm-hmm. You know? I was thinking about that earlier, and I was thinking, man, he is looking God straight in the face, like eyeball to eyeball, and being like, look what you did. Look what you caused. You brought her here. You made her. Look at this. And I think about, I mean, the reality of it is, like, we blame God for a lot of things, right? Like, God let the world be evil. God let, you know, these things are happening. But that's not the truth. Um, I feel like it's really bold to look God straight in the face and be like, mm. but we do it very passively every day. We do, yeah. you know, and so that's just as bad. We have to be mm-hmm. so cognizant of that. And again, that's our own pride getting in the way. Mm-hmm. So I guess a part of that to me, like certainly knowing God's word helps us with that. Um, but I also think having that relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. being able to say and, and talk and have a um just a dialogue of some kind, like, this is what I'm seeing. I can't believe this. This is really bad. And, and But then being able to listen um, and hear, and you will hear back. Everybody that says, is, it's like you'll hear, you might be reading scripture. And it's like, oh, that's so clear. You know, or a neighbor might say something, um, but God always wants to talk to you. He loves you. So he's always there to do that. Um, so it's not, I guess to me, it's not just knowing his word again. It's having that heart and that intention towards him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot to process. It's hard stuff. It is. It is hard stuff. It's not a light subject, which is is good. I mean, really, because sometimes we need to really dig in and and be able to examine kind of what the root cause of all of this is, and it's the separation, that broken relationship, is really what it comes down to, um, and that's why we have these issues so anyway on that lovely light subject um does somebody want to pray for this world that we live in (laughs) thank you all right father we thank you for your word lord we know that we are imperfect creatures and we know that you are a perfect god And so we know, Father, in our hearts that you've given us your word for our good, that you are well-intentioned towards us, that you want good things for us. 
you want us to choose life. But because of that imperfection that's in us, Father, that pride and that self-sufficiency um, and that self-centeredness, we often choose death. And we don't recognize it that way. We don't look at it that way at the time. But we can see that we don't always choose your way. We often choose our way. So, Father, help us to discern the difference that when we're faced with those choices of life and death, we hearken to you. We look to you to lead us and to guide us and to give us the wisdom that we need so that we make a choice for life. Father, I know sometimes my mom's always saying, you know, sometimes she just wishes you'd made us all robots and, and that we just all chose life. But Father, you loved us enough to give us that choice, to give us a free will. But Father, we, because we know you now and Jesus is our Lord, we, we want to choose life. We want to choose your way. And so we ask, Father, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will help all of us to stop and look at every choice that's before us and to weigh it that way. Is this a choice for life or is this a choice that might lead to death? And help us, Father, to always choose life, to always choose your way, knowing that you are a loving God who loves us and wants the best for us and wants that abundant life that Jesus came to give us. So, Father, we just ask that now. We thank you for it and we praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Ha, 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 ha.